Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Welcome back, everybody. Russell Westcott, hashtag JV Jedi. Tweet that out if you, <laughs> for you. <laughs> Here with my good friend Mike Ponte. We have uh, we've covered a lot already, but I honestly think I think this next two segments we're going to is going to be even better than what we've covered already. So wow. we've covered his backstory. We've covered how to qualify people. We've covered your presentation. We've yep. qualified how much. Uh, we've talked about how much we love our wives. Hashtag love, love your wife. <laughs> or, or your, sorry, love your spouse. Love your spouse. <laughs> love right. your spouse. Uh, I need to probably be very clear on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and this next line of questioning is, Mike, you're one of the best operators I know out Thank there. You. The way you structure your business, the way you, you're reporting, the way you, uh, the way you set up your fee structure, the way you have all those kind of wonderful things. So, so first question is how do you structure your joint ventures with people? Is it a, just a joint venture? Do you have corporate structures? Do you have LPs? What, how do you kind of, how can you simply describe it? Well, like when we first kind of got started, it was just a typical joint venture mm -hmm. structure. And, and in a lot of cases, it's very similar. It's, it's changed a little bit, I would say, uh, as we got kind of more into the multifamily side of things. Um, but right now it, it is kind of a joint venture structure for yep. our residential. It's still kind of the typical 50-50 split. Uh, and these are kind of past relationships that we've been, or past properties that we've had for decades, really. Now. Right. Um, and then on the multifamily side, for every transaction that we acquire, we do set it up as a separate corporation. Yep. Um, under that corporation, they would be shareholders, which are our joint venture partners. So they would be shareholders of the corporation. Mm -hmm. And then our company would have a joint venture re right. relationship with that corporation and manage it that way. Okay, so the one apartment on 45th Avenue sure. is a corporate is a corporate entity. Separate corporate entity, yeah. Then I own it and you own it. Do you recommend that we each have our own individual corporations, own shares in that, or do we just kind of do it personally? We're shareholders personally. You shareholders personally is right. what it's done. Now we have individuals that have a corporation under yep. a corporation. Um, and that's up to them. And lots some, of taxes. And lots of taxes, right? But mm -hmm. that's up to them to make that and manage that part of it. Um, so that's kind of been the structure up to this mm -hmm. point. We are moving to kind of more of an LP structure here, mm -hmm. hopefully soon. Um, but that is kind of the direction that we're trying to, to, to get to. But it's just been the kind of the structure that's always worked for us. Right. Um, and for a lot of our existing clients, you know, they've become, you know, I don't have thousands of joint venture partners. Mm -hmm. and I hope I never do, to be yeah. very honest with you. We have individuals that have gone and repeat business over and mm -hmm. over and over again. This is a structure they feel very comfortable with. I'm comfortable with it as well, and that's the way we How many? How many joint venture partners? I'm going to probably say we have close to around 50 partners. 50, five, zero? Yeah. Okay, so that, that, that's a lot. It is so a lot. To start, you probably don't want too many more no. unless it's under a completely different umbrella. Exactly, and kind of references before, you know, we, you know, and I think we'll probably have this discussion as well, you know, it was, you know, how to find these people and where to kind of, you know, where to find these individuals and stuff. But for us, we we are very referral based and it's not mm. like we're out there hunting for new joint venture capital. Mm. It's, we have a lot of existing clients that we've worked with and we're now at a point we're kind of doing a lot of refinancing. Yeah. And a refinancing is just providing more capital to get into more transactions, more, which is wonderful, property. right? So yeah. that's exactly what we're looking at doing. So. Okay, so corporate structure, individually own it, um, personal guarantees on yes. the loan, who, who provides the personal guarantees, both? Or them or you? It would be just the joint venture partners. Just they provide the guarantee um, and they put up the money. And they put up the money. And what's typical is your split on that? Yeah, so for a split on our single family stuff, we'd be looking at 50-50 split. Yep. 
in our residential side or on a multifamily, you'd be looking at 6535. 6535, 65 investor, 35U? That's correct, yeah. Okay. Um, that's there's no right or wrong. No, the only sorry, the only right or wrong, the wrong only is if it adds up to more than 100 percent. Exactly. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that's when it's wrong. Or less than 100. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but but you do some different things with the way cash flow is distributed. Correct. So what what do you do specifically? So you have 35 percent ownership yep. in the property. Yep. Um, and then, so that means at the end of you get 35 percent of any equity appreciation. They get 65 after they get their money back. That's correct. What do you do on a on a cash flow basis? So on the cash flow side, and I'll go more kind of more into the multifamily side. So yep. the joint venture partners or our partners are actually getting 100% of the cash flow, 100%. So okay. we generate nothing from, from a cash flow <laughs> perspective. But the one thing that we do a little bit differently is we do charge a management fee. Yes. And that is based on the rent. It's on the rental income. So not much different as you would calculate a property management yep. uh, charge. Uh, this would be called, or our company's called Prosperity Real Estate Investments. Um, so we charge a prosperity real estate investment management fee. Yeah. And that management fee is to kind of manage the day-to-day -day operations right. and all that wonderful stuff. And really, you know, for us, we need to be fed and we, mm -hmm. I got a family as yep. well. And, and you're working really hard on this investment. You absolutely deserve to get paid for this. So do you charge an acquisition fee upfront? We do. So okay. we charge an acquisition and disposition fee as well. So in, in the time of uh, acquisition, we charge an upfront fee. Uh, part of that is just to handle all sorts of different expenses mm -hmm. within the project itself, obviously yep. sourcing it. Uh, we're also budgeting for a kind of a five-year time frame in regards to travel expenses and all of those things. So that's yeah. part of that whole basket. What of is that? Well. What does it work out to typically? How does that structure? It, it varies. So yeah. we, from an acquisition fee, we can charge between you know two percent of the purchase price, yep. uh, two and a half percent. Um, on the management fee, that also tends to, to change, uh, vary as well, depending mm -hmm. on how much is involved. Yep. Um, so, for example, if we're looking at uh, improving the whole cap rate of the entire building mm -hmm. itself, but we literally need to boot all the tenants, do a bunch of renovations, yep. I'll charge a, a higher management fee because there's just so much more involvement right. that's involved with that. And that can range between you know 2 to 4% somewhere in that vicinity. Right. So. And then same on the disposition? Similar disposition number? fee, roughly the same. Okay. Yeah. So on that monthly... Uh, mm -hmm. Is it an administration fee? That you, how management, do you, fee. management fee. Management um, do fee. Is it based on? It's based on gross rents. And yes. do you, what what approximate percentage is it? Uh, it's between two to four percent. Uh, usually, it's actually probably more three to four percent. Okay, so that. two to so let's say it's three just for just because yep. I'm a simple guy. That's right? fine. Um, but then all the other expenses and bookkeeping and the uh, resident managers and all that other all kind that of stuff. stuff yeah. That's all an expense line within that. That's so it's correct. it's true. It's it's a true. 2% revenue stream to, to your, your your company. That's correct. And, and quite frankly, that's probably for the amount of work that you have to do because you have to have a, an admin team and you Absolutely. have to, you know, you probably have to do a lot of the travel and all that kind of stuff. It's it's a very uh, fair thing to charge. There's no question. Like I said, there's lots of stuff that's happening behind the scenes and it's, mm -hmm. it's obviously discussed. Like, you know, part of the things that we, you know, you got the bookkeeper, you're managing all the books and you got to make sure the statements are done at the, at the end of the year, make sure everything's accountable mm -hmm. and managed appropriately. Uh, another piece that we also oversee is, um, and maybe a little bit different, but we 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 are a big believer in our organization to constantly be keeping our finger on the pulse in regards to vacancies and rental market. Right. If there's one thing that we learned in this last year, it was exactly that. So we hired a social media expert as well, and that's part of the expenses under the prosperity banner. And we'll mm -hmm. we'll charge some administration fees to our to our tenant or to our uh, joint venture partners on these projects. But the reality is we've got a person full time. That's all she's doing is she's mm -hmm. constantly communicating and, 
advertising and working through the social media sides to be finding prospects and tenants. Now, so. is this a new new structure the way you did it? Because I remember before, and I could be 100% wrong. No, that's okay. Um, you used to charge like a 12%, which included all those things, or was it always been this way where it's just kind of a, a, a an, an on top of things? Or or do you prescribe either way? Like, like for example, let's say it was a, a charge of 15% total, which included that 15% was the bookkeeping, the property management, all those kind of things covered mm-hmm. in that. And then you maybe made a spread. Between, that's correct. Yeah, yeah so that's exactly Exactly right. So we that's correct. We used to charge just kind of a lump sum for kind of the yeah. entire basket of goods. And that yeah. was just a piece that was in there as mm-hmm. well. So so you uh, find in this new structure better? Yeah, well, I think the, the important part is, you know, when you start to see, say, we call it uh, an administration charge yeah. um, and just lump it all together, it, it can be a little bit easier mm-hmm. to reference that. But I, I'm again. It's about having the doors completely opened up for yeah. our partners. And so they have clarity to it. And I have no fear or afraid to, to say, hey, we're charge a 4% management fee on top mm-hmm. of that because right. we oversee that. And so again, the, our big component is tra- making sure that we have- uh, Yeah, it, there's, something, there's something to be said, and, and I'm just speaking for myself, yeah, there's something to be said of, of having uh, an upcharge to something sure. versus just having, here's what the fee is. You, yeah. you pay the exact cost, yep. you know, no different than with your property manager. I, I don't like when a property manager charges you a 15% upcharge on top of the work that's exactly. already done, those yeah. kind of things. And what you just do is you're providing 100% dis- uh, transparency that it's um, cost plus 3%. Correct. Is really what it is. That's correct. Yeah. So, so I imagine that has a has really helped you mm-hmm. uh, during some of the lean times. No question. We would right? not be probably having this discussion. You'd be having a job, a full-time job. Probably, yeah. It would be a completely different yeah. animal. But again, it's it's the way we kind of managed it from the very beginning. And it's mm-hmm. just ensuring that, and, you know, there's going to be times that there's not going to be any cash flow. But that's yep. still not to say we are still gener- we're still working. We're still working even harder than we've mm-hmm. ever worked before, especially during the leaner times. Um, and again, you still got to put food on the table for yep. your family and stuff, and you got to look out for number one. And, and again, part of that is learning experiences from the very beginning, to yep. be very honest with you. Yeah, so. if, if you're starving, um, you're not doing your partners any justice. Not at you're all. actually putting their money at risk. There's no question. You because know, they, you're, yeah. you're, you have to do other things. You may even have to get another job, and you're actually not being a good steward for their investment. Correct. And, and again, they, they've hired mm-hmm. you, they've trusted you mm-hmm. in their money. And for you needing to be doing something completely outside of yep. the box, that's not really doing them a favor whatsoever, yeah. and they're putting their their number their money at risk. So. What would you tell to somebody if I'm sitting here and I'm I'm, yeah, I'm scared to ask somebody for that extra two percent, and I'm just oh geez, I'm just yeah. scared to do it. It's you know I've already they've already put up a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, they've qualified for the mortgage, and now I'm asking them for a three percent fee on top of that. Uh, I'm scared like a to ask them. Fee a management fee. Yeah. A, well, an acquisition fee, a disposition yeah. fee, and a management fee. Sure. Ooh, I think yeah. that's, I'm asking too much. It, it's part of the analysis. It's part of it right from the very yeah. beginning. So, it, you know, it's just like any other expense. And yeah. we built it in as there's going to be an appraisal done. There's yep. going to be an engineer uh, an engineer coming into the property itself. Mm-hmm. So these are the expenses that are associated yep. with this. This is an acquisition and disposition fee. This is an, a fee that's directly for us. Yeah, the Mike Ponte professional fee. Professional fee. Right? And yeah. there's lots of costs that are associated with that and we need to have that built in. Right. Uh, we talk about it very bluntly and upfront. And you'll obviously have some questions about it, but again, mm-hmm. the, the whole point of the the whole point of the matter is having open clarity to exactly mm-hmm. what it is. And they get it. They understand yeah. it. And if people are really squeezing you and negotiating with you and, you know, nickeling and diming with you, then I don't do business with yeah. them. It's just the reality of it. This is the cost of this transaction. 
If this doesn't work for you, I apologize. Maybe the another deal will. Yeah. And if that doesn't work for you as well, well, maybe it's just better to part ways. And yeah. that's the reality of it. Well, and, and here's the, the question I was going to ask after Please. is, is it's probably only in your mind that it's an issue sure. when you actually fully transparent and present it to the person that's to the to your investment yeah. partner they're probably going yeah it makes sense yeah have and, you ever had any pushback i've had pushback yeah. before yeah. there's no question and i've had pushback that people have said mm -hmm. you know what what is this fee for mm -hmm. and really try to explain it and i'm like this is one of the costs that is part of this yep. transaction mm -hmm. and again you're either in or you're out and if you don't want to participate in this particular project yeah. i totally respect that and, and that's fine um, and, but you know, this will be incurring in probably future transactions, but this has actually been screened from the very beginning mm -hmm. and it goes back to the kind of the initial presentation. So when we go out and actually have that discussion very at the very beginning, that one page document yep. references what are some of those costs and what to be anticipating when those costs kind of, when they come. Yep. So when you see a typical deal, these are kind of the typical things that tend to come. So if there is an issue, um, if there's an issue, that will come up at the very beginning, mm -hmm. and it should never really come up at the time right. of when you're about the process of transaction, because at that point in time, you've screened them, you've addressed a lot of their um, objections or yep. you know any questions that they have. So it's it's very rare that I have that issue. Like I can't even in the last five years, I can't even comment. I can't even think of one yeah. incident that I've had with it. But it is just part of the due course of managing your business. And, yep. and yeah. And and it it. it you know, during those ups and downs, it, yep. it actually is, I think you, everybody should be paid from, yes. from, from, from the property because it changes your mindset around the properties, yep. right? Just imagine if you're doing it and you're doing it for free and it's costing you and it's a, it's a pain in the butt that you're having to deal with. You're changing a management company and you're doing all these other things. It has a different perspective if you're actually getting compensated for it. There's no question. And, right? I, and it's even funny. I had one of my biggest clients actually, when I first, I still I just brought this to my, uh, to my memory again. But one of my biggest clients, I remember having this discussion mm -hmm. and he was like, I'm glad you actually have that in mm -hmm. there because I'd be questioning how, you know, in their mind, yeah. and it's always in the back of their mind is, okay, where's the catch? What yeah. is it? Where, where, where am I getting screwed is the wrong word, but mm -hmm. where is it that you are making your money? Yes. And you're telling them up front where you're making their money so mm -hmm. they can say and, and realize that versus not disclosing that. Mm -hmm. So they, you point it out and you tell them exactly where it is. They either accept it at that point or not. But my biggest client said, I'm happy to see yep. that because that's what I wanted to see. Yeah, profit's not a four letter word. Not at all. <laughs> right? that, we're all in it to make profit. That's, yeah. that's what we're there for. So. And, 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 and quite honestly, the way you, you described, you structured, it's a 65, 35, yeah. and they get 100% of the cash flow. Correct. Do they get 100% of the cash flow until a certain time, or is it 100% of the cash flow until the disposition? They get it 100% of the time for the disposition, or right. the cost that we charge as the management. And, and I would imagine the last couple of years, it's been a little bit of tight cash flow. There's no question. What about cash calls? How does that handle? Cash calls have happened. Um, so Is there 65, 35? What's the percentage? Um, it is a 65, 35 split on, yep. on on situations like that um, you know fortunately one of our kind of our biggest rules of thumb that we try to reference is um, you always kind of plan for worst case scenario yep. when it comes to the reserve funds and I'm, uh, you know like I said it's, it is a really important piece but there was a key rule that we tend to always stayed with is try you know whatever your worst case scenario is figure out what that number is and double it and mm -hmm. based on that we had enough reserves to support some of the really Thin times, yep. and so to answer your question, yes, there was you know lots of cash uh, cash flow issues. I would say mm -hmm. in the last year with higher vacancies and stuff like that. 
Um, and then it, there were some circumstances that we've had to do some cash calls as yeah. well. And it's not an easy discussion by any means. Well, but, during but, downtimes in the marketplace, you actually have to, it's unfortunate, but you actually have to spend more money to keep your places rented. Yeah, and that was the yeah. tough part this last year is like, you know, here you are, you're putting a bunch of capital into rent To get lower rents. Yeah, to get lower rents. Yeah. You're renovating because there's so much inventory in the marketplace. You got to put new flooring and new painting and all sorts of stuff mm -hmm. because you know your your tenants have or tenants had a significant amount of choice. Yep. And if you didn't do that work, it was just going to sit. Yep. And that that's that's really the catch twenty two at the end of the day. You're putting more money in. There's no cash flow coming in. And the last and the worst is you're getting it for a little bit a lot less rent than what yep. you were initially having before. So you know to answer that question about the the cash calls. The, the big piece, and I, I know I've highlighted this earlier, is it is about communication. And mm -hmm. they need to have clarity to what's yep. going on. So there really is no surprises about this. So, you know, um, we used to have conf uh, conference calls or, or, or meetings usually once a, once a quarter. We've changed mm -hmm. that to every six months now. Uh, and for those of you that are just getting started, I actually highly encourage you guys to meet with your clients every quarter. But yep. we've just now got to a point where we just can't do that to the same levels we wanted yep. to. So we've changed that a little bit. But saying that, um, we had those discussions at the very beginning and just be very upfront and show some numbers and saying, hey, things are not looking good. We're, yep. we're struggling here and, and this is the situation. So there's really no surprises versus you saying, coming to them last hour and, you know, if they haven't heard anything at that point and then all of a sudden they say, you know, you come to them, hey, I need a, a check for $2,000 or $3,000 because this thing's been vacant for the last three months. You want to make sure those lines of communication are constantly open yep. so they understand it and in some cases, you're prepping them for the worst case scenario. Right. And you also had a, a chance in the last little while, too, to also take some advantage of some refinances no to, to keep that cash. And you were just sharing, you know, you have the, the really nice position where you actually have more capital available than options at the moment. Yes, correct. Right? So, guys, you will get to that point. I trust me, there will yeah. come a time and you can send me a thank you note at that time that you just you're sitting there. You don't believe it now. Because you're sitting there going, geez, I, I, I need the capital. I need more. I have so many opportunities. There will come a time where you will have more money yep. than you have actually opportunities. That's correct. It's, it's so true. And, yep. and I remember the very first time trying to raise capital. I'm getting mm -hmm. my first client, actually. Yep. I remember that very well. But it was just such a success, such a big thing. Mm -hmm. But I think about all the time that I had previous to that. So, again, those 30 yep. calls. It was just an absolute grind to it. And, mm -hmm. and then to your point, you know, you get that one deal, then you get the second one, and then the third one, and then it starts to kind of just snowball. And then once you start to work the whole referral side of things, mm -hmm. it just starts to come. And then it just, you get to a point where you're just like, I can't no. really take too much. And, you know, for those of us that have been doing this for a long time, I will guarantee you most of us are kind of in that same position where it's like, you've got a lot of capital, you've got people that are whole, wanting to give you money. Yep. But now the biggest issue is trying to find some of those opportunities. Right. And, and I guarantee if you stick this thing out, this is exactly going to happen to you as well. Yeah. So. And and uh, and it was just part of the process. It is. And you would have not been to the level of success now unless you had that those 30, 30 no three-hour conversations. Yeah. You know, I guess the real lesson here is talk to your wife sooner. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and listen to her. Listen that's, to the, that's, listen. I think that's even more important. <laughs> yeah, Dawn, if you're listening, yeah. come on, what, just step up. Dawn's probably going, I just have to let Mike, Mike go his own path. Exactly, <laughs> right? exactly, yeah. Um, 
couple other things, though. We were in one of our last lunches. You were talking about a, a wonderful way of how you handle your your paper flow and your, yeah. your uh, bookkeeping. And we're not gonna we're gonna do an entire module on organizing and, and book flow. Yep. But do you have a wonderful system you work with your accountant and your bookkeeper? Yes. How do you just maybe describe that a little bit? Sure. So for us, um, you know, we tend to do our quarterly statement. We do statements usually on a quarterly basis. Quarterly basis, not once a year when a shoot box. Right? Correct. So we try to keep it really simple, and, and the way our system works. Um, is all the financial statements. So when we our, our property managers all throughout the country, really, mm-hmm. um, they will send us an email of all the statements, um, which goes directly to our bookkeeper. Our mm-hmm. bookkeeper actually has access to a lot of our accounts. And yep. uh, one of the things that we tend to have is we have a separate bank account for every single property that we have. So we know all the puts and takes within that account. Yep. And so our bookkeeper tends to load everything up. And if there's any expenses or something of that nature will or any surprises that the bookkeeper may or may not know what they are uh there's a, a program that we use is called hub doc hub doc hub doc okay and so if you for those of you that are wanting or working with the bookkeeper they may or not may not use this program but it's a wonderful program because everything's kind of loaded up into this online platform mm-hmm. and if say for example there was an expense of $100 for advertising yep. that I've cut a check for. Or, or Mike, buy me a coffee after it's time the case after. Yeah, be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I've kind of loaded up into the hub doc file. Yeah. It goes directly to our bookkeeper. He loads it up accordingly. Mm-hmm. So it's a really clean, simple process. But the, the real nice thing is it's completely hands-off. Yeah, it's and 100% digital too. It's 100% it? digital. So say, for example, I just bought you a cup of coffee yep. and I just had this meeting with yourself. Um, I'll take a picture of the receipt. It goes, loads up to hub doc. And automatically, I can put some notes into it real quickly, Mm -hmm. but it happens instantaneously. So I can do it right then and there, load it up. So again, to your point, I don't want to have that shoebox at the end of the year because it's just too much to deal with. And and it's okay. When you first start buying your first, second, or third property, and you'll see lots of people do this. I was one of them. I started to do my own own financials. (laughs) Your own bookkeeping. Your own bookkeeping. And (laughs) and you know what? Uh, I'm not going to say you shouldn't do that because you know what? That was great learning for me. A ton of learning from understanding the business side yep. of your investment. But you will get to a point where that is going to be your biggest dog and the biggest challenge for you is constantly maintaining mm-hmm. that every single month or even worse, if you're trying to do it on a quarterly basis and trying to remember what happened three mm-hmm. months from now, three months ago. And if you're managing even six or seven properties, it, it does get lost. Right. And really your focus, if this is the direction that you want to go, your focus truly should be either finding investment partners yep. or secondly, finding properties and transactions and, yes. that, and all the administrative stuff you're trying at some point in time to funnel it off to other people. Right. Being so. the owner of the business. Absolutely. And 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 I tell you, I, I guarantee that having those quarterly statements to investment partners probably really instills even more of that trust and confidence in well, you. Well, that, that was kind of my comment earlier is when you've got those statements ready to go, mm-hmm. and we tend to always say, you know, third week of the fourth month. Yeah. And so it gives the bookkeeper enough time just to make sure. It gives me an opportunity to check everything's uh, accurate. Um, and then we start to present to our potential joint venture partners. But yep. when we actually used to do this, we used to meet with them personally and provide them the financial statements mm-hmm. of the property and also a, su- a summary of the uh, yep. the bank statement. Yep. And uh, you review that with them. And sometimes it's bad and yep. sometimes there's lots of good. Yep. And uh, But it's funny. I, I, I can think of one story is I was sharing some pretty bad news actually yep. one time. And vacancy, I think we had a vacancy for two months. And I'm like, the property's been vacant for a couple months. Mm-hmm. There's going to be no cash flow for this coming quarter or mm-hmm. this coming quarter just because we're building on the reserve funds again. Um, and the individual's like, yeah, that's fine. That's great. 
So what other deals are you working on? And I, I was <laughs> just about to say, have you ever had them re-up or bring you a new referral during those meetings? Always. Every and time. so my comment is, um, you know, and that's a great statistic by mm. our company is we don't have one investor that only owns one property with us. They own multiple. So, wow. And I take a lot of pride in that because it shows that we've <clears> really worked hard and we've really tried to provide a lot of benefit to, <clears> to them. Uh, but the biggest part is just trying to as much transparency as we possibly right. can. So, uh, so I hope you guys heard that. What Mike just said is what some people consider a big pain in the butt process yep. of getting statements and getting that out to people. You actually turn that into getting more capital and also more referrals. No question. Right. So, so it's just a matter of reframing it and just getting the job done. Absolutely. So, yeah. so do you see why I'm saying this guy is a fantastic operator of, of his oh, business? Thank you. Thank you. Um, we have one more segment we're going to do. We're yeah. just going to wrap, wrap this up here a bit. And as well as you maybe have heard in the background, I have a dog. I think that needs to go <laughs> pee upstairs. So I'm going to go check on Scooby here shortly and I'll be right back. This is my good friend, Mike Ponte, and we'll be right back guys. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now.